0: Hello and welcome! <laughs> Kiora. Ki ora. mai, Tena koutou katoa. That's good pronunciation. Thanks. I don't know how to speak Māori and if those who are listening don't know what we're saying. That's the indigenous langu- language of New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Which we did learn a little bit in school but yeah but it's kind of a little like it's a bit of a language that isn't really taught so much anymore and that's why I think possibly it's a good idea for us to learn yeah I really want to (laughs) and incorporate it into our normal lives yeah yeah how's it going good what have Uh, you been up to I went for a massive 12k run yesterday and now I can barely move really (laughs) yeah I'm so sore it's just because I haven't run that far well that's the furthest I've run the most I've done was 11 last year um I can like run to my car I hate the rain. running. <laughs> yeah, in the rain. When it's raining, that's when it forces me to to <laughs> pick up my steps a little bit into a light <laughs> jog. It takes a bit of practice, but yeah. Yeah, because I, I know that you had always been, like, wanting to get into running, like, just to prove that you can. Yeah, because mum always said I ran like Mr. Bean. And that's what I was saying <laughs> on my run yesterday. I was like, fuck her. Like, I don't run like Mr. Bean. Like, fuck her. Like... <laughs> Maybe, yeah. made me mad, and then Alan was like, yeah, but you're out here doing it. I was like, fuck yeah, I am. We're training for a half marathon, so any oh, tips so will good. be uh, Yeah, any of our listeners are into um, running, yes, you can please. be a freak like Chloe <laughs> um, and, and do yeah. some running. But anyway, I'm Portia. And I'm Chloe. And again, we're introducing ourselves, even though we were discussing not introducing ourselves. So apparently we don't know how to run this podcast. That's just what we're doing now. If anyone wants to take over. Yeah. And and give us some tips on how to not be weird or idiots. Um, I don't think that's changing. No. (laughs) Then you just got to put up with it. That's on you. So what have you been up to? I actually just finished um, The Umbrella Academy, the second season. I I know that, like, everybody's talking about it. It's Mm. so good. Like, yeah, you should – have you watched it at all? No, I've only seen the first episode – of the first season so i really i'd want to watch it though yeah because it reminds me the the kind of like um excitement around it kind of reminds me of the excitement around stranger things like Mm. stranger things was one of those universal tv shows that everyone loves and i feel like the umbrella academy is a bit like that it's Mm. i mean it's got like a diverse kind of cast it's like it's really well done i really enjoy it and it's Created by Gerard Way, the lead singer of Mike McRomance, who was my childhood <laughs> um crush and dream growing up, <laughs> yeah, no it 's done really well too, hey, yeah, like it's, it's yeah, nice. really clever, really you know it's just it 's just like a fun watch, yeah, yeah, and really good actresses, and I wish that I was powerful like <laughs> them, <laughs> but um we actually were having. We were re-listening to last week's episode, um, and I thought we both wanted to kind of bring up a couple of points from that, because we felt like there was an element towards the end of almost victim-blaming from us. Like, it felt like... Yeah, just, like, re-listening to it, we were kind of like, oh, does this sound... Like, like we're yeah. putting the onus on the victim to because saying that they they are the problem, yeah, kind of thing. So we just wanted to clarify that absolutely was wasn't not, no, it wasn't our intention at all. Like we we feel like it came out that way. Yeah, but, and we're sorry if you listened and you kind of got that message. Yeah. Because that's not what we we set out to do on this podcast at all. Definitely not. Um, When we were talking about, you know, the cycle continuing and and everything, we were meaning more the narcissist will capitalise on Mm. your wounded childhood self and then use those wounds to hurt you further. We don't believe in any way that people ask for abuse and it should be up to the narcissist not to abuse people, but... Yeah, we can't. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't stop people from abusing us. No, no. (laughs) It's, yeah, I think it's just when we take a step back and decide to heal our past trauma and then sort of come to terms with it, that we can then take away their ability to. They don't have any ammo anymore, I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, we do. We just wanted to. Yeah, we just wanted to address it to clarify. Yeah, because we, yeah. we don't want... We hadn't heard... Like, I, I was worried that somebody would email us and... And, and like, be like, you guys are yeah. victim-blaming. Yeah. But we haven't had anyone give feedback about it. We've had really positive feedback about that episode. But yeah, so... We did just want to touch on it, because I think it's important to mm. kind of acknowledge that that's what our language sounded like. and yeah. And our was intention not, was never was well to make people feel guilty for, for being abused by yeah. a horrible person who should not have done that (laughs) and on that note (laughs) shall we start shall we start talking about abuse yeah okay hey while we are knowledgeable about this stuff because of our collective experiences we aren't professionals we research what we talk about and our references are in the show notes but please don't take anything we say as gospel if you feel like you need support you can reach out to us at Club at gmail.com or see the links in the show notes Thanks. So last week we covered the first two phases in the narcissistic cycle of abuse. So those were idealization and devaluation. Yes. Um, this week we're covering another aspect to that cycle, which is called the discard. Um, we'll kind of be referring, to, uh, sorry, referencing to some of the areas that we covered last week. So yeah. if you are interested and want to have a bit of a rundown on those things, um, please go check out our previous episode. Um. Yeah, so let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, when the narcissist finally seems like they're finished with the cycle of idealization and devaluation, often they will kind of, well, eventually discard you. Yeah, Um, I'm sure we all know the meaning of the word discard. It essentially means to get rid of someone or something. (laughs) That's no longer desirable or useful mm, yeah <laughs> yeah and so in regards to the narcissist they sort of discard you when they've worn down that vi- that the victim you know it, they are sort of tired of you they're not getting the same narcissistic narcissistic supply they used yeah. to get you know maybe in terms of like finance maybe they've bled you dry of all the money they're going to get from you or maybe they've found someone better to abuse um Either way, when they discard you, it can be done in seriously hurtful yeah. and traumatizing yeah. ways. Um, and you'll definitely be left feeling like rejected and, and betrayed, I guess, as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I've kind of come to view the discard and going no contact as kind of a race between yes. the narcissist and the victim. It's kind of a good way to look at it. Yeah, you'll, you'll kind of understand that what do you call that analogy? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that analogy, I guess. Um, grammar, people don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll understand that more as we get into it. But um, essentially, the two outcomes from being stuck in that relationship with a narcissist is either the narcissist discards you, or before they have the chance to discard you, you yep. go no contact. Yeah. The reason I think it's a race of sorts is because you kind of both begin to preempt that someone is going to leave. Like, usually it's when you become woke, in quotation marks, or aware of their abusive and toxic behaviour, and you start to call them out on it or want to talk to them or others about it. You know, Mm. you're calling out their behaviour for what it is and shining a light on their toxic, bad behaviour to others. Yeah, and they don't want that. (laughs) Yeah, and to the narcissist, this is absolutely unacceptable and in yeah. their eyes they need to get rid of you before their cover is blown i guess yeah exactly you know they can't be a whistleblower in the yeah. family who opens everybody else's eyes to what the problems are and often just to touch in here mm. the whistleblower the person who's who's woke is often the scapegoat yeah. as well yeah. like yeah, they're, they're the person who's who's gonna push back a little bit more and 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 call out the behavior for what it is. Sorry, continue. No, no, it's okay. Um, So you'll find this is when a lot of the tactics that we've discussed in earlier episodes kind of come into play. So things like smear campaigns where they'll discredit you, they'll gaslight you and others around you as well. Um, And and especially others who maybe have started to see, begun to see what's kind of going on they'll essentially try to ruin your reputation and yeah. your trust with others. So, you know, on the off chance that you go talking to your siblings or your friends or family, yeah. just anybody about the mistreatment, they won't believe you because the narcissist has already gotten in there to discredit everything you're saying before you even get a chance to defend yourself, yeah. basically. Yeah, and this, I mean, we've, we've probably, I think we've touched on this in previous mm. episodes, but that's exactly what happened when I went into yeah. contact is, yeah. is it was that whole thing of like, I'm not going to talk to bullshit till I... I'm sitting in a room with a counsellor with her yeah. or, or, you know, she has anger issues. And it was entirely issues, this yeah. this smear campaign to try and discredit me because I'm, I mean, now I'm an adult. So I had that yeah. opportunity to go to you and to go to Bridie and to our mm-hmm. other sisters and go, listen, this is the truth. She's a freaking narcissistic, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So she wants to discredit you before you get the chance to go and, you know, yeah. poison everybody else with exactly. your nasty words. Literally the day that you moved out off home and went no contact Ellen and I were around there and she was telling us every single bad thing that you've yeah. done like the same yeah. day before we'd even talked about it yeah and often when you start setting boundaries they'll decide to discard you as well this is when you've decided to you know establish boundaries and not put up with their abuse any longer so their tricks are no longer yeah. working on you um again that's unacceptable for the narcissist like I mean, they're like, "How dare you not answer my calls ten times a day?" Or "How dare you tell me I can't use particular language yeah. in front of my grandchildren or feed my grandchildren particular things?" You know, it's it's essentially they're saying, "How dare you establish boundaries so I can no longer get the level of narcissistic yeah. supply I've been getting for all these years?" Yeah, they suddenly can't get what they want. It's yeah, like, kind of like children in that it, way. It actually like is having I, a tantrum. Yeah, it's it's. That's actually really interesting (laughs) thinking of the narcissist (laughs) as a child because it is a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, So if you've listened to some of our previous episodes, you would have heard us talk about responding versus reacting. Yeah. And when you start to set those boundaries and take away that emotional reactiveness from the equation, you're no longer under their control, which is, you know, perfect for you. They want, I mean, they want someone they can elicit emotional reactions from. And if you're setting boundaries and no longer providing them with that supply or, you know, coming to the party with that that reactiveness, they need to move on to someone else so they can find a new victim. Exactly. And this can be super, super hurtful. Um, to see after they've discarded you. And we'll kind of get into it further in this episode, but I think it's worth mentioning now that being discarded by the narc is hard enough. But when you see that they've moved on quickly to someone else, that can be even harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes they'll discard you when you've done... Uh, sorry, when you have nothing left to give, you know. You, you, you could be completely emotionally exhausted. Yeah. Um. And like we said before, maybe you've been sucked dry of all the money that you've got. Or yeah. all the emotional reactions. Possibly you've dealt with enough abuse from this person that you've become sick. You yeah. Know? I was actually... Um... Uh, watching a YouTube video w- As I was writing notes for this mm-hmm. um, f- uh, It's a YouTube channel Called Inner Integration so good. Uh, She's a really good source We've we've plugged her before but definitely Go check out her YouTube mm. she also has a podcast I know but she mentioned people In terms of the discard she mentioned people Who who post like those before and after Photos yeah. like before and after Abuse photos yes. and I think that's Exactly what, ha- what can happen when the Narcissist is finished with you because narcissistic Abuse not only changes your your inner being but it can also change what you look like on the outside yeah. and to some narcs this is enough to discard you i mean if you no longer look the way they want you to then yeah. they'll just discard you and find someone else that serves their needs more because i mean narcissists are, are superficial yeah <laughs> so and and, yep. quite, and sometimes they'll use your looks and beauty to to their advantage. So it's like, if you don't Definitely. look that way anymore, then they're like, okay, goodbye. I'm done with you now. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's really only one or two reasons that the narcissist keeps you in their life and that those are usefulness and attention. Yeah. So if you're not providing that anymore, you know, your usefulness is run out and they know it's time to discard and move on to someone new and possibly an easier source of yeah. supply. Yeah, absolutely. Because by you being more dif- a difficult source of supply or by taking away the attention by yeah. responding rather than reacting yeah. you're threatening the fragile ego ego that the narcissist that the narcissist <laughs> has and they'll begin to realize that Oh, you're just not worth it anymore, you know. They're no longer getting what they want from you. They'll begin to cease investment in you and eventually they'll just move on to someone else. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes they there may suddenly be a new and better opportunity yeah. for narcissistic supply that will present itself so, you know, that they might take this opportunity to discard you and move on to this, like, shiny new toy like a yeah. puppy. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean... For us, like anger, narcissistic rage. Yeah, it's so easy to make a narcissist angry, and often they get angry with you, with you simply just trying to defend yourself against their attacks. But when this happens too often, that narcissistic rage will and turn them into, you know, them discarding you and attempting to make your life a living hell. So like we said (laughs) earlier, getting you out of the picture allows them to discredit you Mm -hmm. and to turn others against you by making you into the enemy and themselves into the victim. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they love painting themselves as the freaking victim. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which can be so frustrating (laughs) to see, but you just have to, like, stay I mean, we were just having this kind of conversation today about all the shit that we know our mum is telling, you know, family family members, members, friends about us personally. And it's just like we can't – you can't lose sleep over it because, like, you can't control what they're telling other people. Yeah, you can only control what you're doing. You can't control what other people say, what other people do. Yeah, and and like our motto says, like, stay classy. Like, we're not going to – Rise to try and defend ourselves because there's no point. Like, it's just – going to they're going to think into what the they ego think more, yeah and it's going to like have them know that they're affecting you and we don't want to be their supply <laughs> yeah exactly like we're going to stop ourselves from yeah from giving that supply they can go and exactly. find it from somewhere else and cause drama elsewhere <laughs> yes so um getting back to discarding so the process can feel really really hurtful yeah you know it can sometimes be really traumatic and you'll be left feeling rejected lost i mean let's not forget that through trauma bonding codependency you know through the this broken bond that you've created with your mother since birth you're bound yeah. to feel like you miss them like have I can, you did, have oh, you oh a hundred percent yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes I still do and I think it's not so much that I miss the person she is it's like I miss the person that she could have been like yeah when I see you know the the kids I look after and their relationship with their mom my boss it's, it's like, like you almost you almost yeah. nostalgic for something that never was exactly yeah you know and 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 there always were good moments with mum that I felt like were good moments. Well, it's like that idealization, yes. devaluation system. It's like those are the good moments that yeah. your brain goes, "Hang on, it wasn't all bad." Exactly. But it's like the bad, the the bad situations should weigh out the good ones. Yeah, but they somehow don't. Yeah. You know? Um. And and you know you can love someone and miss them, but also feel resentment, yeah. fear, anger, dislike towards them. You know, it may not be the same for everyone, but I can bet that you know, some who have been discarded miss the narcissist yeah. like genuinely. And that's definitely a sign that their manipulation and that kind of flip-flop yeah. of idealisation and devaluation has worked, you know, but I guess the question is, do they miss you? Yeah, I've, I've, it's important to note that although we can say the discard looks like the end of the cycle of abuse, often it's not, you know, they may not discard permanently. They may still contact you to send you abusive texts, um, they might get drunk and call you, you might see them parading their new supplier all over social media. Yeah. I mean I know that when I went no contact it's kind of a funny story. When I went no contact, I I I mean it was a little bit difficult because I was still paying rent at the house that mum was living at. Yeah. But she but I I was strictly Professional. When I would email stuff about the house or or yeah. anything like that, or if there was a hiccup, it would it would strictly be you know talk about the house and just surface level stuff. Yeah. And there was one time where it was like eight eight p.m. or something, and I was just finishing up at work, and I get this email from Mum, and she's like, "Hey, do you do, can you let me know how to set up the TV to watch Big Brother Celebrity Big Brother online? I can't figure out how to do it." And this was like months after we had gone no contact. Yeah and i was like what the heck and then like maybe did you, 30, you just ignore it yeah right? i just ignored it and then 30 minutes later i get another email of the same thing saying hey can you please help me set up the tv to watch celebrity big brother <laughs> and i just left it and i was like i'm not re- replying yeah, to this you're like no she's content. trying to you know put out the feelers to because if you Get come back, back with, oh, okay, this is how you do it. Or it's putting out the – it's giving them, you know, crumbs. To, exactly. To, to, to and then, then be like – You know, oh, you know, we talked over email, so maybe I can go see her. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, it's, it's whatever. Like – just not breaking that contact but it was just really funny then because i get like an email maybe an hour later and I, i'm pretty certain she would have been having having a drink or something yeah but at that point i think she was the email drinking. later was like i'm done you know all these exclamation points i've like, had enough of you like let's also mention that she had said i'm never going to speak to you unless it's in a room with a counselor and yeah. then she's like please help me set up big brother yeah like, yeah but it's 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 Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like the narcissist calling or contacting you doesn't mean they miss you. I mean, hell, they might even say the words, I miss you. Yeah, Yeah. she has said that. Yeah, we we just have to face facts here that narcissists don't work the same way that we do. They don't truly miss you. You just no longer serve them. You're a toy that's been broken, so they have to discard you. To go and find a new one, you know? Yeah, 100%. Again, like a toddler or a puppy. We've said it so many times that, you know, narcissists use people to get what they want and you are no different. Yeah. Even if they tell you that you are. Yeah, because they will tell you that you're different. They'll tell you that you're special. We talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. That idealization phase where they talk about you being their absolute everything. Soulmates (laughs) or best friend or whatever it is. Perfect. You're perfect. Yeah. Um, you know they use people for money for status, for power, for sex for adoration they 'll use you for narcissistic supply that 's the kind of yeah. baseline they don 't miss you the way you you or other people miss people yeah i 've actually spoken with katie um about how we how we find it so difficult to kind yeah. of trust what people are saying with their words. Because we've spent so much of our life knowing that words mean one thing and actions mean another. Yeah. You know, we've spoke. We spoke about it on last, last week. Yeah, last week's episode about how you have to constantly try and guess what people mean when they say one thing but mean another. Yeah. And I think this is exactly what we have to do when we question whether whether the narcissist misses us or loves us after the discard. You know. Exactly, because you know that they they know what to say, so they know how, yeah. that they should say they miss you or they love you and you know but words don't mean shit when you apply those words to their behavior yeah if they missed you they would change they would try and get better the narcissist will never try and get better for you or for anyone for that matter yeah um you know they've seen through the years how they have hurt you and with them discarding you yeah you know they will know how hurtful it is and how rejected you feel and one of the reasons why they do this with no regard to your emotional and physical well-being is objectification yeah you're, you're not your own person you know no one exists in the narcissist life as an autonomous being with mm. thoughts and feelings yeah you purely exist to serve the narc's needs they don't see you as an equal they see you as a thing they want to mold into the perfect toy yep. to feed their supply and when that supply dries up your usefulness just dries exactly. up with it exactly you know they'll act like you've never even existed to them yeah. before then you know um your truth and what you believe is inconvenient to them and the reality that they're spinning yeah so they'll write you off they'll discard you and then the people who are left after witnessing this they'll smear your name and discredit you saying oh she's crazy I know you know about that. she has anger issues so the people left behind don't follow suit in making the narcissist's life more yeah, difficult exactly the the thing is the narcissist will know how to how hurtful the discard is yeah. to you and if they know how hurt and rejected you feel from them discarding you sometimes they'll just stay away to rub salt in the wound yep. you know yep. they're feeding off and getting narcissistic supply from the discard because they know staying away is hurting you so much yeah they're gaining the the satisfaction from it. Um, there is a there was a quote that I read on an article um, where they say, if I can affect someone powerfully emotionally it confirms how special I am. Yeah, so you feeling hurt, and especially when that hurt is reported back to the narcissist through siblings, friends, you know, they'll try and keep up that discard act because they want to hear how hurt you yeah, are. Yeah. Because th- that's more narcissistic supply. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my dog shaking in the background. <laughs> um, if you try and contact them once they've discarded you, it's just feeding, again, more into that supply because yeah. they know that the effect that discard is having on you. Yeah, in terms of them... I guess we should touch on, like, them coming back. Yes. Um, this is called hoovering, which we're going to discuss in next yeah. week's episode. But I just want to so say, like, it's a it's kind of dangerous thinking to wish or want them to come back because you're keeping yourself um, vulnerable yeah. and that hope, I guess, makes you open to their hoovering methods and yeah honestly if they've discarded you and then you go back it's on like it's not gonna get better they'll no. say stuff like it's gonna i'm gonna change and blah 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 they're not gonna change it oh, won't no, get better no. exactly um so because they've discarded you before you sort of had the chance to go no contact Um, you'll likely be feeling vulnerable, rejected, and as we spoke about last week, um, looking for someone to fill the gaps that the narcissist left you with. Sorry. Um, A lot of the time the narcissist will do this on purpose. So like I mentioned, oh, like Portia mentioned, sorry, earlier with the race description, they'll purposely discard you before you have the chance to go no contact because they know when they do want to come back, you're likely to have less strength to say no and stay away from them. Yeah, absolutely. It's all... Yeah. A ploy. (laughs) Exactly. Everything's a manipulation tactic in one way or another. Um, And if you let them back in, it will get worse. You know, the Them coming back will be temporary. Exactly. You know, and it'll just be a means to an end. Yeah. I mean, and it's never because they love you or miss you, which I think is such a hard thing to come to terms with. They only miss that supply that you provide. They miss the attention and it's never about who you are as a person it's what they can get from you yeah and it can be I mean like you said it's so hard to accept that someone can be that heartless you know especially when it's a parental figure or a mother like it was for us you know you inherently want to be loved by them you crave that emotional connection like literally all children do yeah but deep down the love that you got from your narcissistic mother wasn't actually love like not really if it was love would you be left with the wounds that you have today exactly would they have said those horrible words to you that have stuck with you for decades like that's not love exactly it's it's not even a warped kind of love like it's just straight up yeah i mean we grew up only knowing the love that our mother gave us but that love wasn't truly love you know it was gaslighting it was manipulation it was damaging to us as children and as adults, yeah. you know. Yeah. And love is not a fist. It's me- It's not mean words. It's not a liquor store. It's not a neglectful parent. Yeah. And as kids, of course, we try and normalise what we're going through. Oh, yeah. I mean, we said it last week. You don't have another frame of reference to understand um, that your upbringing wasn't normal. But yeah. But you... I think you have to ask yourself, if you were standing in front of yourself as a five year old, a ten year old, even a fifteen, sixteen year old, mm. would you be telling that vulnerable child that what they're going through is okay? Like exactly. would you be making the the excuses that you're making now for your mother and saying to your younger self that it's not as bad as you say it is and yeah. that they that they actually love you? Like Exactly. You no, no way. And I mean at the end of the day, narcissists are in it for themselves and they want to create this idea, I guess, that love is something that hurts, but it's not supposed to hurt. Yeah. Um, you know that's why when the narcissist disc- discards you and you're left trying to pick up these pieces, um, you're entire entirely vulnerable and rejected. It's that sort of one last yeah. stab in the back from the narcissist. Yeah, I actually want to read an excerpt from this article, which I think really eloquently puts into words what happens when you're discarded by the narcissist. Yeah. Um, we'll reference in, in our show notes, but yeah. yeah, definitely go and have a read because yeah, I want to pre- I want to say. The stuff that we cover on this podcast, we could go into so much more oh, detail gosh, on yeah. this, and there's so many we more just layers want to, bore to it. You. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but this this article, I think, described it really eloquently. Um, the narcissist, in this case, as an angel in disguise, is smashing your greatest emotional wounds open, so that the finally, so that finally, the submerged subconscious can emerge become conscious and be healed. And naturally, this only happens when we stop trying to force the narcissist to be responsible for healing these wounds and instead break away from the narcissist, go inwards, self-partner, meet ourselves and heal them ourselves. Yeah. Um, to me, this really touches on how important it is to, number one, give yourself the closure you need yeah. rather than desperately trying to get it from the narcissist. And number two, which I think this is a really difficult one, especially when you're traumatised and mm. wounded from the narcissist, but trying to find any sense of gratitude in the situation of, of the discard, you know? Yeah. Um, in terms of giving yourself closure, we, we have to face facts. You'll never get closure from no. your mum. Like, they'll, they'll never give that to you. No. They'll refuse and only twist the knife deeper. Yeah, and that's so hard to yeah. come to terms with, you know? Um, and there's no... You can't converse with the narcissist. You know, you can't try and make them see what they did wrong. There'll never be a time where they will suddenly see the error of their ways or the hurt that they've caused How many times have we said that that on this podcast? So many. They will never be sorry. (laughs) And even, like, I know mum said sorry to me before for the drinking, but it's not... It's not an apology, it's just kind of like... It's self-serving. Yeah. And, 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 and it always will be. And there's no deep understanding of... The the hurt that exactly. caused. Exactly, you know? yeah. And and the simple fact that, you know, it's it's our problem to deal with, you yeah. know. Like, of course it is. Like, it's my mental health and I have to deal and, with it. And it's on to no... us now to heal ourselves. Yes. But... but there's no acknowledgement of, like, I'm the reason, you know, part of the reason that you, you know... I fucked up about drinking, <laughs> specifically talking to myself there. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just – it's never going to happen, you know. They'll, they're only ever going to victimize themselves and discredit you. Yeah. And they'll blame the shift and make you the one that has to take responsibility. Yeah, do you mean blame shift? They will blame shift, yes. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, if you go back to them and try to get closure from them, you know, in the form of an apology or in a, even a conversation – they're only going to hurt you further. Yeah. It will only traumatize you further than you were when they discarded you, you know? Exactly. But, you know, by stepping back and accepting that you won't get closure from them, you are in turn sort of providing that closure yeah. for yourself. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we have to get rid of this idea that we need closure from people. Just yeah. give it to yourself. You just, exactly. You're not going to get it from them. It's not easy, but you just have to accept you're not going to get it from them. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so the second point I was talking about, um, finding gratitude in you know such a traumatizing situation that is the discard mm. i know what this can kind of begin to sound like like we're trying to i like there are those people who are like oh your trauma from your mother made you stronger blah 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 we don't we don't believe that helps no, anyone I don't, um mm. you know you weren't you were meant to be protected not traumatized yep. but finding gratitude in regards to the narcissist discarding you Mm. is almost like looking at this terrible and hurtful action as a blessing in disguise because although you're hurt and rejected and maybe a little humiliated Mm. there's one thing that can make you look at being discarded in a slightly different light which is they aren't your problem anymore exactly (laughs) exactly right the narcissist discarding you and walking away has provided you with this opportunity to finally be rid of this you know parasitic and toxic relationship yeah um every day you stick around the narcissist is more trauma more emotional manipulation um more damage you know so by the narc discarding you even though it feels terrible and i mean it is terrible at the time it's 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 a traumatic thing to experience they do it on purpose it's purposefully traumatic and but you know you can almost feel the weight off your shoulders yeah you don't have to make the choice to walk away they made that choice for you you're ultimately you know free to sort of move forward in your life where they aren't there behind you holding you back they're not your problem anymore yeah and if you've been discarded it's important to start that healing process as soon as possible yeah and i'm also speaking to myself here because (laughs) i took forever to start going going to therapy i took forever to commit to to taking antidepressants and (laughs) and Actually, starting to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to decide now to you know block their number, to unfollow and block on social media. Don't allow them any wriggle room to no. come back and start the hoovering process. They'll do it. Yeah, and suck you back into that idealisation phase once again. You have to almost be like a, a brick wall that they can't
1: pass yeah. through.
0: You have, you have to kind of find the strength in yourself to take this opportunity and run with it definitely and i mean it can be hard because you might see them replace you with a new supply it might be another sibling or a friend um and you know they might parade that new golden child on social media for everyone to see including yourself you will feel jealous and you'll feel like it's unfair yeah but you have to remind yourself that they're not your problem anymore yeah um a rejection of any kind can leaving can leave you feeling hurt sorry But when the narcissist discards you, especially after years of trauma bonding and codependency, you'll feel like you're worthless. But that isn't the truth. That's just the narrative that they've, you know, manipulated you into feeling. You are worth something. And it was in no way your fault that this happened. Yeah. And I think it's like, if you need to repeat those words to yourself every morning, then do it because there has to be a day where they finally stick. Like Mm -hmm. you are worth something. Even if the narcissist makes you feel like you're not, you know, Yeah. I think also like I've, I've seen this around a couple of times, but when, when, when you have like negative thoughts in your head, like you're thinking, oh, I'm so worthless or I'm a piece of shit or whatever. (laughs) Think about whose voice is telling you that. Yeah. What is it? Because nine times out of 10, it's my mum saying that. And I'm like. Actually, I'm not going to let her in my head Exactly. Anymore. I always hear her in my head. This is completely off topic. I always hear her in my head when we're taking – like if I'm taking a selfie or getting a photo with Ellen because she used to always say suck your gut in and I'm always uh. like super conscious of my stomach, like <laughs> so fucked up. Um, we laugh about it but I I like to <laughs> avoid crying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, like we've mentioned, nobody asks to be abused or neglected or mistreated. Nobody asks for that, you know. that's on the narcissist because they chose to treat you that way and that is not your fault. Yeah, exactly. And if you've been discarded, you might be feeling like your world is falling apart, but the reality is you're free, you know, you can, I've written down here, go forth and conquer. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you've made it through this episode and haven't listened to our previous episode on idealization and devaluation, go and check it out. Um, Next week we've got a kind of another extension of the cycle, which is yeah. hovering, which we've kind of already mentioned, but yeah, but we'll be go into more detail about what week. that is and and what that can do to you and everything yeah um and then if you want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, you can it's just the no contact club mm-hmm. um, and then our email address is the no contact club at gmail dot com yeah, we love receiving emails please, please yeah reach if, out if if you any you of this to. has helped you, if you think that we sound like idiots <laughs> just just tell us throw us an email throw us a dm on instagram throw us a yeah. dm on on facebook you know we're we're absolutely keen to um hear yeah. your hear your thoughts and hear your stories we love we love um hearing, hearing, from you hearing from you guys and knowing that we're actually reaching people so so nice yeah thank you so much for listening stay classy